Daily news, breaking updates, and exclusive podcasts. iTricks.com. Hello and welcome to the iTricks.com Magic Stars podcast for the week ending August 26, 2010. I'm Justin Roberts Young, editor of iTricks.com. And in this edition of the Magic Stars program, as uh, we are going to be doing all through the end of America's Got Talent or when all the magicians are gone, whichever comes first, we are talking with our America's Got Talent analyst. He is a former contestant as well as the person who currently holds the record for a longest-lasting magician on the show. He is Nathan Burton, headliner at the Flamingo Casino in Las Vegas. How you doing, Nathan? Good. Look at that. Two weeks in a row. I think it's like a, I think it's a Chris Kinner record right there. Two weeks in a row for the podcast. Well, I'll tell you what. You're, you are you are a fixture now. You are you are our America's Got Talent analyst. And as long as like, we have I'm something like to analyze, the show, I'm like the cover. You the, are. Uh, I'm the Paul Schaefer. You're the David Letterman. I'll tell you what. I'm I'm honored. I'm absolutely honored. Uh, well, well, I'll tell you what, let, let's let's not bury the lead. We'll get right into things. Last night, the America's Got Talent Magic Curse, as I've coined it, Nathan, uh, held held to form. And two more victims were claimed. Danceberry and Antonio Restivo were shown the door. Let's start with the performances, uh, and we'll go in, in chronological order. What, what did you think of Antonio's performance on Tuesday? Antonio, you know, kind of stuck with his guns and did what he's doing. He's got lots of fire, lots of girls, um, tried a big, big, spectacular thing. And, uh, you know, the judges responded well and, you know, didn't didn't take any big risks. He just kind of continued on the path he was doing. Um, he did, uh, you know, it seemed like he got a great response and uh, lots of fire. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, it seems like he had a reasonably simple playbook that he held to form on, but uh, at, at the same time, you kind of wondered whether or not, uh, even if the judges hadn't, uh, America had kind of seen enough of the same uh, the same kind of routine. Although I do think it got more and more impressive week, uh, or not week on week, but uh, round by round. And I also kind of have, and let me, you know, let, let me if I'm way off base here. I kind of think it's hard for the for the judges to be kind of ho hum. That was boring when when you're having a fireball like blown ten feet uh, away from you. I think it's kind of hard for somebody in that vicinity to be like, well, you know, kind of seen it when when your you know eyelashes are singeing. Yeah, when you feel the heat right there in the front row, it's a it's a whole other story. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, and and, and we'll we'll get into why why we think they they left. But let let's get your recap on. Sperry's performance, which obviously a lot of people, including everybody here at iTrick, since he does the live show, uh, you know, was very much rooting for him. But things, uh, things didn't quite click for him this week. Well, since you know, I'm, we're gonna have to uh, talk honestly about Dan. I mean, he, sure. he's uh, he's he's ripped on my show, and uh, you know, we all take it in good spirit. I gotta say, the week before, he was the toast of the world. Everybody was raving about Dan Sperry. He could could do no wrong. I mean, it was an incredible first spot. He came out of nowhere. It was very smart. Came out of YouTube, and he, the reaction was amazing. The following week, I haven't talked to him, but he's got to be feeling like, 
He is the worst magician in the world now. I mean, one week you're on top of the world, and I think we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it off the show, but when you're up, when you're on a roller coaster ride and you're at the very, very top, which he killed at that first spot, sometimes the only place is to go down. I mean, it is it is the roller coaster ride of America's Got Talent. When you go so high, it's you're either going to go higher or you're going to knock you down to the bottom, and that was the risk. That's what every magician should take into consideration. And I, even for myself, when I'm on the show, when they're blowing smoke up you and just telling you you're amazing, soak it up because the next thing usually around the corner is that you're the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's – you know, a, a lot kind of goes into things that we don't see, as I'm sure you're you're very very well aware. Everyone you spoke to a little bit last week, but uh, we we heard from Rudy Kobe, who was with uh, Dan at the the set uh, on on Tuesday, and uh, helped him build his own version of the Mickey Terminator prop, which they used on stage. Uh, you know that, that he was originally supposed to go next week, and then got bumped up and. The prop that he wanted built couldn't get built by that time. So, you know, it, it's got to be frustrating, uh, you know, if if what Rudy said was true. And we have no reason to believe it wasn't that, you know, th- there are stuff like that that kind of that kind of goes into it when on stage it just looks like, you know, you kind of ate it. Yeah, well, unfortunately, you got to have the material. I mean, you find out you made it through the next round, and they start rehearsing in the very next week and maybe even a couple days later. I mean, it's even – when I was in the show, if I would have made it through on the wild card show, I was going to have to tape the very next day, and I didn't have anything left in the truck. I mean, yeah. it's just you got to have a plethora of material. Now, people are going to argue whether or not Dan should have done his bird act or – yeah, that that, uh, you know that seems that seems to be the big Monday morning quarterback thing. Is he should have done? I, I think done it's the still. I think he still would have. Even if the, I like the bird act. I think it's great. Uh, he's done it in my show. It kills. But unfortunately, he set the bar. He came out, and the reaction from Sharon and the dental floss was incredible. It was phenomenal. And what do you do after that? What tops that? What is better than the reaction of you know? From the judges, I mean, he was – it was almost inevitable that he was going to go down unless he came out and, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know what he could have done. But cutting off the arm and, you know, trying to get a tattoo, it's just – unfortunately, you know, it, that's that's the dilemma on the show. You have to take the risk. If you want the exposure and you want to do well, you have to take the risk. And at the end of the day, you know what? I'm sure that very night he felt terrible, but over the long haul, every you know you're going to use that footage, and it's all about the exposure. And we're talking about Dan Sperry right now, so it's all good. I mean, it hurts, and you can you can bruise your ego, and you can. And it's funny when you come off the show, there's actually a psychiatrist waiting to talk to you to be like, "Are you okay?" Because it's a lot of mental stress being on the show, and millions of people are watching you, and then. That's the thing they're going to talk about, uh, tattooing an arm for the rest of your life. So they have psychiatrists there to talk to you and make sure you're not going to kill yourself, basically. Yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 that's kind of a reality show precaution uh, you know, these days. But yeah, it's the, the, the silver lining for Dan, and while I was putting together the analysis post about it yesterday, is, is I was looking for the clip of Kevin James when he got eliminated on America's Got Talent, because you can draw some obvious parallels between his performance and how it was judged and Dan's performance and how it was judged. Although I think it would be safe to say that Dan's performance was, uh, you know, a far less polished routine 
than what Kevin James has done in the past with that specific prop. But the good news is, you know, I looked for 15 minutes and I just wanted to get the post up and I couldn't find that clip. I could find a million versions of him doing very, very well on America's Got Talent. And I think as, as you know, uh, time runs its course, it'll probably be the same thing. That when you search for Dance Barry on YouTube, you're going to see a lot of him murdering on America's Got Talent and probably not so much him not doing well on America's Got Talent. Well, and at the end of the day, there's, there's, there's other performers that have done way worse and that are just, that's their niche is being bad on America's Got Talent, and that's what you're going to see. But if you search America's Got Talent, like it, and our magic America's Got Talent, Kevin James' half guy comes up, millions of hits. He's booked, he even thanked me because he's like, I booked a ton of stuff. Thanks. Cause I, I called and said, you want Kevin James on America's Got Talent? And he thanked me because he was like, I got tons of work. I got tons of exposure, and regardless of the good or the bad, there's way more good. I mean, as long as you can handle the abuse ego-wise, which, you know, most magicians, that's why we're in the business, we can handle it. Sure. Uh, you know, it's a good thing, but that you just have to be prepared. If you can't handle, like, getting ripped apart, if something goes, you know, not the way you want it to, don't go on the show. But if you want, you know, if you want, to, if you like to gamble and you want to roll the dice, then go for it. And I, you know, I, I think over the long haul, Dan will look back and be like, "I'm glad I did it." And he looked. That spot is money. Yes, and and yeah, I, I don't think it's it's uh, you know, if you get this far in the competition with the amount of people that are watching, watching, and the exposure that you can get from just being on that stage, it's hard to say that it's not the right move to be on the stage in the first place, no matter what goes on after you step foot. I mean, now, you, could, you could do the tonight. You could do the Tonight Show, and three million people would watch you. Or you can America's Got Talent, and twenty-five million people can see you. So I mean, yeah, it's just it is what it is. It it is the machine, and you know you just got to roll with it. And uh, you know, but that footage is priceless of the judges going nuts with the. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he'll get a ton of work just from that clip alone. Absolutely, absolutely. Now. Dan, obviously, things did not go to form, but Antonio did. Is it a surprise that he was sent home, uh, especially ahead of, you know, uh, an act where, you know, a kid flew kites indoors and, uh, you know, a sister team of singers when there were already, I guess, three singers put forward uh, in, in, in the competition? Is it, What do you think it was that America didn't see in Antonio's routine that didn't push him forward when... He was one of the few acts to not get X and get positive reviews from the judges. Well, once you get into you get into the finals, now you're not competing against you know it was kind of like Dan against Antonio, but now once you go in the next round, you're competing against little kids that can sing opera. Yeah, I mean it is really hard. I mean you're competing against everyone, and unfortunately, you know people at home, they see the magic. They're like, well, if I had the magic boxes and I had this, I could do it. But a little kid singing opera, I mean, it's just extremely competitive. And how, like, you know, everybody loves to hear a song over and over and over, but they don't want to see the same trick over and over and over. Yeah. So it's really not fair. It's it's not fair, but you take the risk and you, you know, you go as far as you can on the show. That's, you know, that's my advice to anybody. Just get the most exposure, get the most airtime, and use it and move on to your next thing because people are going to talk. I mean, people still talk about me four years ago at my show. They come up like, I watched, I voted, I, you know, and they're going to get that for a long time. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on to next week 
You know, when, when we talked last week on this podcast, we had four magicians. Everything was looking rosy. It was, it was a matter of how many magicians were going to get into the finals. Uh, not not if one would be able to, you know, break that magic curse. Now, Grasso, Murray, they're pretty much, uh, you know, the only the only hope. And, and it's back to kind of what it has been in years past, which is one, possibly two magicians at this stage in the competition. Well, I got to say, Murray's got the home field advantage now. He's had the most time to prep. I mean, he's known that he's in the uh, going to compete. Uh, you know, Antonio was a little sooner. He still had more time. Dan had the least amount, which I see. You know, that takes a toll when you don't have well, a lot Grasso, of time. Well, Grasso will be in the same position as Dan. He will have yeah, he, two I mean, weeks. Even though he had a, he had another week on top of that, but still, when you're in that niche on the show, you want to bring out, you want to do stuff no one's seen before. And trying to make stuff happen that quick and do stuff you've never done before, it's a huge challenge. So, I mean, right now, I mean, uh, odds, you know, Murray has an upper advantage because he's had more time to prepare. Um, I've heard rumors what he's doing, but I don't know what he's doing. Uh, Michael, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, He's a little less time to prepare. But, I mean, I hope they just go full force and, you know, don't hold back. I mean, when I was in the show, we – built copies of the set. We we did all kinds of stuff, and we would work around the clock because I knew this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and to go for it. Now, if you are Grosso or Murray and you see what went on this week, is there anything in particular that you say to yourself, I do not want to do this? Well, I mean, I think you got to take it over the top. I mean, yeah. they're looking... They're looking for someone, you know, who can deliver the big stuff. And I, I'm, and I, I don't, you know, Dan proved that you could do something small, but if it's incredible with the judges, you know, you either go, I think you either go full out or you do something totally different. And, uh, but it's always risky. You always take a risk and you go a different direction. I, I remember when I did snow and the snowmobile on America's Got Talent, I was worried that, you know, they're going to be like, oh, this isn't the same thing you're doing. But then if you do the same thing over and over, like Antonio, then they're like, well, it's, you know, even though they like it, they got to mix it up. Yeah. So it's it's it's, it's hard to say, you know, what, what the, I mean, I don't know what these guys are going to do. Um, and we just have to wait and see how they play, you know, how they do. I mean, Murray's had more time to prepare. I'm kind of leaning towards Murray because, you know, I think he's he's an extremely smart guy. I'm not saying anything about Michael Myers has had less time. And, uh, you know, Murray's done a lot of TV. He gets what the producers want, and I think he can deliver. Well, and, and you know, when, when you look at, you know, the only slam dunk act, I thought, from this week, and I would say two of them were, were the kid ballroom dancers and the, uh, you know, the, the opera singer Prince Poppycock, and both had very, very, very produced acts. They looked like they weren't just guys on stage. You know, they had video effects. They had, you know, a a throng of dancers. They had, uh, you know, gigantic props. You know, Prince Poppycock was smashing vases and plates on the stage and everything. Is that element of theatricality a must to kind of be a can't-miss person in the finals? I wouldn't say you have to have it because I've, I've never in the past four seasons, sometimes they'll say, well, you're not as good because you overproduced it. I mean, you can't, you just got to go with your gut and go with it. I mean, if you're going down, you're going down. I mean, you don't really have a choice. I mean, um, and Pierce, you know, 
Pierce is going to call like he, I mean, a lot of, I, a lot of magicians were talking about Dan, and they said, you know, Pierce was mean. And I got all, you know, Pierce was just being kind of honest. I mean, he was, yes, he was definitely harsh. You know, we don't want magic exposed, but I mean, he wasn't lying. I mean, it looked well, like it did. Here's, I mean, here's, here's the thing that I, I think you can take away from Pierce's judging is that I got the sense from what he said that he could deduce the method for both Antonio and Dan's effect. But for Antonio's judging, he said, yeah, it's an old trick, but you did it well. For Dan's judging, he said, well, that was a really terrible fake arm. And I think the difference is, for Piers, it was the spectacle. And I, I think he doesn't, he didn't think that the spectacle was there for Dan's illusion. I think he did think the spectacle was there for Antonio's. And and that is, you know, he's he's looking at it as a a full performance and you know whether or not you agree with him because and, and and it's without a doubt true that as soon as he says fake arm no matter whether everybody was kind of thinking fake arm or that arm looked yeah. weird that's all anybody's going to think about and that was all anybody yeah, mentioned in the blog in the blog the show you know someone someone's got to win someone's got to lose in the match yeah. category and it, it is a tv i mean you know VH1, we got these crazy shows. They're just trying to keep up, and you know they're gonna they're gonna be. Edgy. I don't agree. They should expose. And actually, the head guy, he's a magic fan, and they try not to expose stuff. Um, but you know, it is a TV show, and you do take that risk. I mean, so it's it's hard to say. But I'll, we got two guys left. Let's. I I hope one of them makes it through. I mean, I'd say the odds of two of them make it are extremely almost impossible. Oh, I, I think, think yeah. One, yeah, I don't think we're. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think the long, long shot. I mean, not to say they can't, but one, you know, two walk in, one may walk out. That's kind of you know uh, what I would expect. Absolutely, I think that this is a harder field to get out of than Dan and Antonio's was because if you look at the people that have gotten heat so far on the show, you have you know Gabare Sibide from Precious's mom who is a good enough singer to make it into the finals and has, you know, a, an element of celebrity to her. Uh, you have the 10-year-old opera singer, Jackie Avancho, and you have a black art act that has done nothing but gotten, uh, you know, gigantic standing ovations and glowing praise from the judges. So if you look at that, there are two slots left. You know, you are not going for five slots. You are going for one of the two that will likely be there. So... The, the chances that yeah, they I mean, will both go to magicians is extremely rare. The chances that it'll go to one magician is very rare. Yeah, because I mean, the other day they're gonna have their singers, they're gonna have this and that, and there's a couple novelty. You know, they're gonna have a couple things in there. You know, it's a salad, and they're gonna have a couple things thrown on the salad at the end of the day. And whether or not there's enough room for a magician, let's hope because it's gonna be good for all of us. I think if we get one into the top ten. That's great for all of us. I mean, the more matches on TV, uh, and then once someone does break that barrier, it means someone can do it again. I mean, and if we, depending on how many seasons we have, I mean, American Idol runs and runs and runs. You know, if someone can break top ten this year, who's not to say two years from now a magician could actually win the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think year on year, everybody gets smarter because they kind of know the rules. And, and, uh, as we've discussed, being a magician and doing having to do the type of magic that it is well on that show, which is you know very prop intensive uh, in many respects, 
it's uh it's hard it might be the hardest field to move forward on it's not like you can just change you know things to juggle or songs to sing it's it's uh you know it's almost something that you would have to have a very specific kind of act to uh to do well on it well and you need four even five spots of incredible stuff and you got to remember there's been a lot a lot there's been a lot of good magicians on America's Got Talent today. I mean, Kevin James done his stuff, Pendragon sent his stuff, Shimshi. I mean, there's been a ton of magicians just in past seasons that have gone on there and done some really good stuff. So every time one goes on there, you know, we're not gonna see another suspended animation again ever. Yeah. I mean, that was a one you know, it's it's used, it's thrown away by the producers and now it's you know, you gotta bring other stuff that has never been done. And there's been a lot of good magic, bad magic, good magic, but there's been a lot of magic on the show burned up. So it may, you know, it may push the guys who want to do it next year. Hey, I got to do something different. And, you know, unfortunately, you don't know if you're going to go on to the next round, but you you got to have four or five spots ready to go. So it's like, do you build the stuff and you go in the show before you even get on and you don't know what can happen? And it's 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 a tough it's a tough thing. Like, you know, there's very few guys that have that much material ready to go. Like that is it's dialed and can work in the studio. So it's, it's a very challenging yeah. show to be on. And that's, that's the thing is, is, you know, these, the, the producers are, are telling me from what I've heard from people who've been on, you know, they want you to do your finale, you know, five rounds in a row, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, Every time. yeah, do your best thing now. And then next week do the thing that's better than your best thing. And then do another thing that's better than your best, best, best thing. And then by the end of it, I mean it's 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 very very challenging for for a magician. Very very very. Challenging. I mean, you got to do your closer every time you go on the show. And we, I mean, you know, how how do you top pulling a lifesaver and Howie Mandel freaking out and Sharon going nuts? I mean, it's just it's you just gotta try to find other stuff. I mean, it's a it's it's a big machine and you got to try to survive in it. Absolutely. All right, our guest, as uh, will be for the next few weeks as America's Got Talent continues to go, although next week could be it if both magicians get, get, get kicked off, is Nathan Burton. He, of course, headlines the Flamingo Casino every, uh, or uh, when, when, I always forget your dark days, your dark, when? Saturdays and Mondays. Saturdays and Mondays. Uh, you can visit him at NathanBurton.com or follow him. On Twitter, it's a Nathan Burton CM, right? Look at you. Yes, that is correct. That's it. See, I know. You will move on. To, you will move on to the next round of America's Got Talent <laughs> of the Magic Stars America's Got Talent Analysis Podcast. Thank you. I'm very, very excited. All right, folks. If you want to follow all the iTrick stories, it is at iTricks on Twitter. And uh, until next week, I'm Justin Robert Young at Justin R Young on Twitter. Bang a gong. iTricks.com.